All right, we're going to continue on with love as a choice. All right, this is actually going to be part four. Now, I see some fresh faces, and if you haven't seen this, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to wrap this up today. Unless God just drastically takes me in a different direction, which he may, he's done before. Um, But I think he's taking me in a different direction for next Sunday. So I'm going to kind of hit the high spot so that when we get to the end of this thing, you'll understand how significant love is in your life. Matter of fact, I think that when we get done today, that you guys are going to be so, understand love so completely that you'll be able to love anything and anybody, right? Because that's what God wants us to do. You'll be able to cuddle up with a rattlesnake, I guess. That's right. <laughs> Don't do that, all right? But if, 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 you, if I go over some things and you're not familiar with them or you haven't heard or you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the podcast, all right? Now, I never push the podcast to pump myself up. I really don't ever even look at the numbers or anything like that. The purpose of the podcast is for the people of Compass Church. Now, I know we put it on Facebook. We put it all out there for everybody that wants to see it. But the actual purpose of the podcast is so that the people that can't be in the house, that are a part of our family, who need to hear from the spiritual leader that God has placed in their life, right? Because that's where you're going to hear from God mostly, right? Not only is He going to speak to you, but He's going to confirm some things through your spiritual leader that God places in your life for a season. And if you're a member here at Compass Church, that's me, right? A lot of pressure on my shoulders, but that's okay. So that, and the point is, is, is I encourage you to listen to those when you can, because that's God, Holy Spirit inspiring a message to speak to you. All right? So you need to take these messages that accordingly and go back and listen, listen to them over and over because, and there again, it's not about pumping me up. It's about hearing something that God wants you to hear in that message. And sometimes it's hard to get it in in a little 30-minute message. And sometimes when you go back and you listen to it again, and then you listen to it again. That's why you know we hear the, we use that term meditating on the Word of God. That's meditating is just repeating it and hearing it, listening, listening, listening. Well, we know faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So when you're listening and you're repeating and you're listening again and you're listening again, come on, the revelation begins to come. The Holy Spirit just starts to give you revelation knowledge of what's being preached. And not only that, you're growing your faith. Amen? Very important, very important. All right, so let me ask you this. Since we started talking about love, and love is a choice, right? And that's self-explanatory. How many of you have, and you don't raise your hands, but just just think about it. How many of you have actually been working on your love walk? I mean, I personally, I've loved this this series because it's given given me an opportunity to really dive back in, which I've done a study on this before, but it helps to, Go back and do it again and refresh it. And I'm going to tell you, there's been quite a few times in the past week alone where I've come into situations where I've had to choose to walk in love, right? Now, I know you guys are all super holy and God protects you and everything. Y'all, don't in, y'all never come into contact with anybody that would get under your skin, right? Come on, y'all look at me so holy, but that's just a <laughs> But I have. I'll give, I was at the gas station the other day, and I went in to get my drink. And I got my gas, went in to get my drink, and I go in, and this lady, I guess you call them a Karen. I don't know. Is anybody in here named Karen? I don't know what the deal is. Somebody said she was, when I went back out to the car, to the truck, the guy pumping gas next to me was like, oh, you experienced the Karen too. I don't know what that meant. But anyway, he's, this lady decides to lay into me 
because I'm not wearing a mask. I don't know where this comes from, where this came from or anything. There's no mandate. There's no requirement. There's no, you know, and, and, and she just tells me, and I'm just paying for my drink looking at her as she is just ranting and telling me her opinion and a few little words in there she didn't need to be repeating in public. And the, the lady at the register is apologizing. We've called the police. We're trying to get rid of her. Now, my flesh on the inside of me started to bubble, all right? Started, my ears started getting hot. When your ears start to get hot, you start to get mad. Right, started to rise up. But I had to make a choice. How am I going to respond? Because I really wanted to poke her right in the eyes and kick her against the wall because she was being ugly. I'm just telling you. <laughs> y'all look at me like y'all have never thought about that. Come on. We're just people. But I chose to walk in love. Right? And, <laughs> and you can choose to walk in love in any situation. Now, some of you need to learn to choose to walk in love with your family. Come on. Oh, I won't get into that one yet. We'll get into that in a minute. But listen, it's, because listen, when you go through the process of learning to walk in love, when you get to a place where you, get, where you actually realize that that perfect place of unity within whoever it is you're arguing with or you're in strife with, the only way that you're going to come to that per- place of unity is when both of you are one of you at least gets to a place of forgiveness, right? And if you can't ever get to that place of forgiveness, you're in trouble. I mean, we use Mark 11, 22, 23, 24 all the time talking about using our faith to speak to our mountain, the problems in our, in our life, and, and we're commanded to go and to remove that mountain, and all of those good things are great, but if you read on down to 25 and 26, it says that that will only happen if you forgive. And the, 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 the part you really need to get a hold of, and a lot of people don't preach this because it just sounds a little scary, but it's just the Word of God. As you go on down into verse 26, it says that if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven is not going to forgive you. Now, what does that mean? You can figure that out for yourself. Guys, we need to be able to get to a place of forgiveness whenever you are in, in any conflict with anybody. Amen. And all of that, is determined by your ability to walk in love. And we know that doesn't come naturally, right? Come on, I know you, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't come naturally. And, of course, we're talking about that, the, the love of God that's shed abroad in your hearts, right? That's salvation. And you have to choose to walk in that love, right? And, and through this whole series, we're seeing how, how choosing to walk in love affects so much of our life. You know, we know that that choosing to walk in love affects our faith, right? Because Galatians 5 says, it's very clear, faith works by love. Well, if you're in some kind of unforgiveness or bitterness, then you can't speak to your mountain and expect the power of God to show up on the scene because then if you're in unforgiveness, you're not walking in love. So it's not going to, your faith isn't going to work. It will affect your faith. Now, if your faith isn't going to work, we know that you have to have faith in order to get your prayers answered, right? Because when you, I'm hitting the high spots here. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it takes faith to bring into manifestation the things that you're hoping for and the things that you're praying for, right? So, and, and all of that is dependent on your love walk. See, love hits so many... I'm talking about the love of God, living and walking in the love of God in your life. It affects so many areas. So many people struggle in, in, the, the, in seeing the power of God move in their life. Well, no love in your life, no power of God in your life. It's that simple. 
right? And I'm reminded of, that reminds me of, of 1 Peter 3. Go with me there in verse, I think it's verse 7. 1 Peter 3, and this is where it's talking about uh, uh, wives and husbands and wives. And I'm going to read that out of the uh, Passion Translation. And, and so many people, so many men and women in marriages are in, in turmoil right now. They're, in, they're having different uh, problems in their situation, in their lives. And, and people are a lot of relationship issues and they're, they're struggling and, they're, and, they're, 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 and, and they're, they're not seeing the hand of God on their marriage like they would like. And, and I was reading this the other day. And it says, verse 7, it says, Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored, for they are co-heirs with you with the divine grace of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Nothing will hinder your prayers. We're talking about in the context of the Scripture, you're talking about in a marriage relationship. What's going to hinder your prayers? Strife. Arguing. You know, so many with so many couples and having problems and, and fighting and fussing and fighting and arguing and, and, and in unforgiveness in their relationship and then they, they go to bed and they know God, they know they're saved and, they're, and they go to bed and they're, they get before God, God, help me, God, help my relationship, help my, help my husband to see that I'm right and the husband's in there, help her see that I'm right. And you know, they're at this place of unforgiveness and bitterness and all of that and guess all that's doing is just hindering their they never see any change. And nothing's going to change until one or both get to that place of forgiveness and understand we're human, we're not all right, we're not all, we are all knowing, come on, we're not all perfect. And sometimes you just have to be the bigger person and say, I forgive you because I love you. You're the greatest thing that God gifted me with to walk out this plan for my life. I'm not going to let any bitterness walk in here. I'm not going to let any... And ultimately, when you let bitterness come in, you're letting the enemy come in to do his plan, which is to deceive, come on, divide and destroy. That's Satan's plan. Amen. Glory to God. So, anyway, so many, so many people need to get a revelation of what love, how love impacts your life. Because it, it, it impacts so many, so many areas. Amen? And it even impacts the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life. See, this is a big one. We all want to see the gifts. We want the gifts to flow out of us. And, and, and that's great. We do. But if you don't have love in your life, then you've got a problem. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 13. We always talk about 1 Corinthians. This is the love chapter, right? So let's, let's go there and let's just start in verse, in verse 1. There again, I'm reading out of the Passion. So we want the gifts of the Spirit operating in us, but I'm here to tell you that's dependent on the, your love walk. Verse 1, it says, If I were to speak with eloquence of earth's many languages, and in heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. Verse 2, and if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, that means you got all the knowledge right there. If I had all of that and I had the greatest gift of faith that can move any mountain, any problem, any situation, but I have never learned to love, then I am nothing. 
Verse 3, if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor, to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, I mean, I did that without a pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Guys, that's telling us right there. Even though the, if you have the gifts, even if you had all the knowledge, the greatest faith, and you gave everything away, that means that if you did all of that with the wrong motive and the wrong heart, and it wasn't from the heart of the God kind of love that's been shed abroad in your heart, ooh, glory to God, you will gain nothing. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That's why if you go on down to verse 13... Uh, I mean, yeah, verse 13, it says that until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. That's why it says love is is greater than all of those. You have to have those, but love is the greatest. See, we've got to learn to master this. You got to learn. You want to. You want to see the power of God show up on your in your life. You got to. You want to see God's hand on your life and like it's never been on your life. Sit back and look at your love walk. Are you holding on to bitterness that that has been been clinging to you since a child? And I know many people that have. Well, Pastor, you just don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. No, you're right. I don't know what you've been through. Right? We none of us know what each other has been through. All of that is the past. All I know is that I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I got, guess what? I got adopted. I got adopted into a new bloodline, a new bloodline that took care of every curse of this land, every sickness that walks this earth. It took care of every ounce of need in my life. Glory to God. And I'm grabbing hold of that by faith, and that's how I'm going to live. Glory to God. That's what we, that's what we have to do, right? Because love is great. You've got to... You gotta learn to let some things go, I, and I struggled with this. I'll be honest with you, because I grew up. You know, you guys know my story. I went through some tough times, lived on the hard side of the tracks, and uh, and and just wasn't a very pleasant. Uh, not everything was bad, but just a very hard person. And I struggled with love. Matter of fact, I didn't actually understand the meaning of what love was until I, I met my beautiful wife here my prized possession, right? The greatest gift that God has ever given me, right? Except for my children, you know. Amen. That's after the fact, right? It starts here, though. <laughs> all right, so now, God wants us all to walk in love. And, we, and, 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 and He wants the body of Christ walking in love. Now, this is a big one, guys. He wants the body of Christ, not just us at Compass Church, Because understand, His Word is given to all Christians, regardless of denominations. Those are choices that we make as human beings as we walk this earth, right? But we saw last week, go with me back to Psalms 133. We saw that God wants us, and I'm going to read that out of the New Living also. He wants us to be unified. And He tells us right here of the importance of unity. I'm sorry about that. Guys, not used to this lapel mic here, but that's all right. We're going to get through, we'll get through this. Amen. All right, so we, God wants us all to walk in love, and He wants us to be unified. Now, right here, he, God shows, He's telling us, I'll read it real quick, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony, for harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head and ran down his beard and onto the board, border of his robe, 
Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there, there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Now, when I went back and I looked at it, because whenever God gives me scripture, I go back, break it down, look at the context, listen to everything. I, I, I study it out. And when I got back, went back to this, and, and, and I couldn't help but notice that, that what God, he wants us unified. And in, in, in that place of unity is the greatest place of peace in your life. When your family is sitting in a, in a household and there's not, there's not any tension in the air and it's just one unified body sitting there just having a good time, eating a meal, talking in conversation, I'm going to tell you there's not much greater than that on earth. You don't believe me that? You ask your grandparents and you ask your parents how grateful they are when the whole family comes together and we can sit together. Not talk about the problems we're all facing with, but just talking about good times of life and how much we love one another and the fun things that we want to do. Guys, I'm going to tell you, that place of unity is it's, it's amazing. And the great thing is, is right there at the end of that verse, it says, And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing." So where did the Lord pronounce His blessing from? That place of unity. Woo, glory to God. So think about it. Now you can see there's a connection between God's blessing and the unity that He's calling all of us to live in on this earth. Amen? Glory to God. And listen, you can't be in unity and not walk in love. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. You can try. You can pretend. You can. It's not going to happen. Because see, and you can't pretend and get away with it because God knows your heart. It goes back to what we were just talking about, about the gifts of the Spirit operating. You can try, but if you do it with the wrong motives, if you're not doing it with the actual love, yielding to the love of God that's in your heart, come on, if you're only doing it to try to gain something from somebody, God knows your heart. His hand's not going to be in it. Amen? So, through all of that, you can see... And, and you can just go on and on finding out different illustrations in Scripture about how valuable and how significant your love walk is. So I encourage you guys to be working on that. That means that when someone's, someone's pushing your buttons and trying to get under your skin, how are you going to respond? Respond not as the world will respond, but resp- learn to respond from the love of God on the inside of you. Now, if you... We, I want to point something out that I forgot last week, and that for the sake of time last week, but we talked about strife. And strife is, that's the biggie that, that keeps people from walking in love. Strife is just conflict. That's just an argument. I'm, you know, if I'm in strife, like, I, you know, if I, if I go and I, and I take, take Michelle's animal crackers out of the closet and I eat the whole box, then we're going to be in strife because that's her every evening. She gets her hot tea, stirs her... 30 minutes stirring all this. Ding, 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 ding. We're trying to watch TV. Now, man, I'm talking about these big globs of honey. I'm like, would you just put, just, come on, let me help you. Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, I'm walking in love. I'm walking in love. I'm walking in love. I'm walking. But see, Austin's over there going, yes, I know what you're talking about, Dad. I hear that down the hall. We love you. I'm just kidding. I'm going over here now. She has a big book in her hand. But if I do eat her cookies, we're going to be in strife, right? And I gotta, I've got to yield to, am I going to yield to that strife or am I going to yield to love? 
right? Well, how are we going to handle this? Hopefully she's yielding to love because those cookies are pretty good, right? Kaylee knows what I'm talking about because when she comes to visit, it's sure is strange. She gets her a cup of tea. Now it's, you got two of them sitting there and they're eating cookies. I don't know what it is. Amen. Glory to God. We're happy that you enjoy the cookies and tea, right? <laughs> Glory to God. But listen, <laughs> strife's a biggie. Strife will tear your family. It will tear any relationship apart. Strife. You know, it's one thing I love about the Deckers is, is, is they, their house is such a joyous, happy house. And, and whenever you go over there, it's always happening. Now, I mean, they're, they're like us. We all have issues. But a little chaos, that's all right. It's fun. It's fun. But what I love about it, and it is that is they, they don't allow any strife to come in there. They don't, they don't allow that strife to come in there and start. start. When it starts, Stephen will quickly, and, and I'm sure Mindy will too, but I know Stephen more. I'm closer with Stephen. Stephen will quickly nip that. He'll stop it. He's going to resolve it. We're going to get to a place of peace. We're not going to have this. You're not tearing my house apart. And I love that. And that's how we should all learn to live our lives. And, and that's a great example to us. You guys encourage us. You know, that, that's, that's awesome. And I'm going to tell you something about strife. And, the, and, and, and it's a choice whether you're going to yield to strife or you're going to yield to love. Remember that now. And when you yield to strife, what happens is you are yielding to the devil. Because the, one of the main tools the devil will use to, to, to implement his plan of deceive, divide, and destroy is to stir up strife. Get you in conflict with one another, right? And when you yield to strife instead of yield to love, you're, you're doing nothing more than yielding to the enemy. And that's a choice, Satan. And what, what you're doing is you're giving Satan place in the affairs of your life. You see, he can't come in unless you give him place. He's out. You, you have dominion over him. You understand? He can't come in and, and, and stir up and cause all these problems unless he finds a door. And the door with most people is they fail to yield to love and they end up yielding to strife and anger and bitterness. Come on. And then they open that door and they give him a foothold. And when he gets started, it is harder than ever to get him back out. But you can do it. But now you've got to, it's harder, it's easier to keep him out than to give him place. And when you yield to that strife, you, 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 you just open, you crack the door. You crack the door. I heard one minister put it this way. Strife is nothing more than, than the manifest presence of the devil what the strife is. Think, what do I mean by that? Think about it like this. You can walk in a room and, and, and maybe, you know, you, you, there's been, say there's two people in there and you walk in that room and those two people could have been arguing left and right, yelling, maybe a little bad language, you know, just a vicious, not fighting, but just a vicious argument back and forth. Now you didn't see it. You didn't hear it. And you walk back, you walk right on in there. Hey guys, what's going on? How's everybody doing today? And you can instantly sense it. Instantly feel it. Right? What are you sensing? What are you sensing? What are you sensing? Well, the argument happened. What's, what's happening? What you're sensing is the manifestation of spirits. 
Amen. This is very important. Manifestation of spirit. And if, if strife is the manifestation of the devil right there, manifestation presence of the devil coming on the scene to de- deceive, divide, and destroy, when you walk in that room, that's what you're sensing, guys. And listen, that's why I like the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you something. The only way that the devil can operate through that strife is if you yield to it. When you yield to it, now you give him, you bring him into manifestation on the scene. You give him right to come in here and stir up and cause trouble, right? Right? So which one are you going to yield to? And see, I like the Holy Spirit. Because if he's the only one that's allowed, come on, to be present, that's why I like Holy Spirit churches, field churches. I mean, you walk in, you can just sense the presence of peace. The presence of love, the presence of joy, the presence of God, because we don't allow no spirits manifesting here, man, coming into manifestation here, except the Holy Spirit, glory to God, and His hand is on the service. His hand is, is, is on me, speaking the words of God to His people. Glory to God. Hmm. Man. And guys, that should be the same truth for your house, for your home. What are you allowing to operate in your house? When you're yielding to strife, you're cracking the door. And Satan only needs a little crack because he'll hold his place. And sooner or later, if you gave him that and you didn't take care of him and get him out of the situation, he's sitting there waiting. And sooner or later, it happens again. Before long, he's all in there. And when he gets all in there, he's tearing things up. He's getting in people's mind, making them rebel, making them do things, making them... He's creating chaos, confusion, separating so he can destroy. Woo! He's good at it. He's good. So listen, don't learn not to give Satan any place by yielding to strife. Choose to walk in love. Right? That's a biggie. That is a big one. That's what, here again, the importance of choosing love over bitterness, arguing, conflict, and strife in your life. Because when, when, you, when, you when you yield to strife, you're automatically opening that door. And let me tell you something, he's going to be ready to pounce. So, all right, so now, if you're going to walk in love, we talked about how you've got to control the flesh, you're not responding off of emotions or, 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 or feelings, you know. And I'm going to, we're talking about unity. So I'm going to go back to Ephesians uh, 4. We went here last week, but I'm going to finish reading it. I didn't finish reading. God, I was, gonna, I was not going to bring that in last week, but God took me there because I wanted to show to you the significance of the calling that's on everybody's life, right? Ephesians beginning in 4. And what this, the context of this scripture, we'll read on, on an, we'll re, be reading through this through quite a few verses. But the context of the scriptures is talking about unity. All right? God wants us to walk in love. God wants the body of Christ to be in unity. Is the body in Christ today in unity? Some. Not as it should. Right? And not, not as it should. It really isn't. Why? Because man's involved. How many you realize whenever man gets involved, we're never going to see eye to eye. We're never going to be on the same page. We're not going to ever agree about everything. So let's get into this. I'm going to begin in verse 1. It says, Therefore, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So Paul's telling us right there, you've been called. Now, when, and you've heard me say this 10,000 times, that we all have a purpose. 
Now, your calling on your life, number one, is what he's talking about right here. And that calling right there is to be like Jesus Christ. That's the calling of every believer. That's what God wants us all doing. He wants us to, to, to be living our lives, loving like Him, serving like Him, being merciful like Him, being gracious like Him. He wants us to do everything that we do striving to be like Jesus. Right? We talked about that last week. You've got, if you're going to walk in love, then you've got to strive to be like Jesus. Well, this is what, what he's saying right here. And then he goes on in verse 2. It says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. United in the Spirit. That's very important. Binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now, let me just take a really short rabbit trail, and this does kind of tie into this, but I want to talk about this united in spirit. United, you know, God wants us unified, all right? What, what he's saying right here is the spirit of man is important. Now, I want you to think about people that you've allowed to speak into your life. Just think for a second. Are, are you've allowed to teach you? Are you've allowed to be an example? To, are you've allowed to be a mentor towards you? Just think about that for a minute. Because God wants us all to be unified in spirit. Unified in spirit. Now, why is that important? Well, what's important is not they, what's, what's not written there. In other words, God didn't say He wanted us all unified in knowledge. All unified in wisdom. Amen? Come on, listen to me now. It's very important. Very important. But sadly, so many Christians and so many people today only look towards their mentors, towards their leaders, towards the people that they're allowing to have influence in their lives. Come on, when you understand this principle, you'll understand how important it is that you know who's teaching what to your kids. Right? But people are only looking at that based on the knowledge they gained. Well, listen, you can gain all the knowledge you want from from school, and that's great. You should go for your education, go for your degrees, and I mean, shoot for the moon with that, right? But see, we shouldn't base the fact of whether or not we're going to allow someone to influence our lives simply on that knowledge, right? Because God didn't want us unified in knowledge. He wanted us unified in the Spirit. Stick with me, guys. This is very important, right? You need to know what kind of spirit the people have that you're allowing to influence your life. Why is that important? Because none of us know everything. And none of us are right about everything. I'm just kidding. But that's just the simple truth. Now, Paul even tells us this. Go with me in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13.9. So everybody say, I'm not right about everything. See, I know that was hard, but just walk in love and you'll be all right. Paul tells us right there, he says, Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. Guys, if we only know part, every one of us, myself included, every pastor you've ever known, every teacher, everybody, anybody, we only know part. 
We only know our, our, our brains cannot grasp right, the whole picture. We all, and if we only know part, then there's room for confusion. There's room to be misled. Come on, this is important. So if, there's room, if we only know part and there's room for confusion and there's room to be misled, and wait, wait Pastor, you're the, you're the pastor. You're supposed to be telling me the truth and telling me you like it is. What's going to be the defining factor that keeps us in line? Huh? The Spirit. It's the Spirit is what is going to keep us on the same page. Come on, this is so important. You need to know what kind of Spirit that people have that are, you're allowing to influence your life. Come on, think about it. Glory to God. Do they have a spirit of, 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 of fear? Do they have a spirit of, of gossiping? Do they have a spirit of judging? Do they have a spirit of argument? Do they, have, do they have a spirit of bitterness, of unforgiveness? What kind of spirit do they have? Or is it more like Jesus? Do they have, they have the spirit of, of forgiveness? Do they have the, the spirit of generosity? Do they have the spirit of love? Do they have a spirit of humbleness are they meek are they are they are they are they not prideful or or, or you know, come on I mean, you should always know what kind of spirit the people have that you allow to influence your life and guys when you understand this you can understand the significance and the dangers of removing god from the school system cuz now you have anybody with any kind of speak of, of spiritual uh, mindset, all right, or just a worldly viewpoint, no religious, you know, and nothing about God. Now you have that influence in your children, right? And this can go a lot of different ways. But see, that's not what God wants because God wants us all on the same page. He wants us all unified in the same spirit because there's one body and there's one spirit. Amen. That's very, listen, it's very, very important. And, and you know, I mean, uh, Jesus even told the, the, the religious leaders, I forget where it is, I think it was in John, where he's, where he's, where he, when they were, they were discussing, and he told them, he said, he said, you are of the spirit of your father, the devil. Now, these were the religious leaders of the time. Where was the disconnect? Where was the disconnect? They weren't unified in spirit. These men were just trying to be men and be religious leaders the way they thought they needed to be. Come on, glory to God. And that's not what we need influence in our life. Amen. All right, let's get back to this really quick. So Paul's telling us that you, he wants you to, to, to live a life worthy of your calling. And if you're going to do that, verse 2 tells us how we're going to do it. So we'll go back to Ephesians 4. So if you're going to walk according to worthy of your calling, which is to live your life like Jesus, then verse 2 tells you how to do it. That means that you're going to be humble. You're going to be gentle. You're going to be patient with each other. You're going to make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, let me just ask you this. or Let me ask you to ask yourself this. Do you see these traits in your life? Because if you're going to be striving to be like Jesus, then we should be seeing this. You should be seeing this. Your, your family should be seeing this, right? Come on. This is, he's telling us what to do right there, right? Because... God wants us, all of that is the key 
to holding on to our unity in the Spirit, keeping us together, keeping us at peace, keeping us not at odds, keeping strife out. We need to be humble with each other. We need to be patient with each other. We need to be walking in love when people fall short. Because how many of you know people are going to fall short? Right? We all are. We, we're, we're, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Never will we be perfect, right? Amen. Glory to God. God wants us unified on this earth. And, and He wants us walking and loving one another, living our lives just as Jesus lived. But let me ask you this. Are we unified on this earth? Far from it. As a matter of fact, this earth has never been in so much at all. You have denominations at each other. And you have people, you name it, we're at odds. Of course, we know that's happening because of, of Satan coming on, pouring all he can pour out on this earth to create confusion right now because he knows his time is short, right? But the point is, 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 is if we're all going to be unified because that's what God wants us to be, then there's, there's got to be some reconciliation, Right? In other words, we got to be able to reconcile with people around us. I mean, that's just the simple truth, right? Now that first, first, before we can reconcile with each other, we got to be reconciled with God, right? That happens with salvation. Come on, this is a, this is very important, right? So, so we got to first, we got to reconcile with God, right? But let me ask you this. We have a biblical worldview. We're Christians. A lot of the people in the world have a worldly worldview, right? So how are they ever going to agree with us? That's salvation, right? Because this shows the significance of our job as Christians, the importance of what God is calling us to do. Because see, when we get the lost, when we reach the lost, when we go to the streets of Opelika or Auburn, wherever we go, and we get the hurting and we get the lost, and then we get them saved, guess what happens? Their spirit man changes on the inside. Now the love of God is shed abroad in their heart. Now before that happens, they can't yield to that love. They can't yield to that spirit. And they live in this world making decisions based on this world, actions based on this world. Come on, doing destruction because they are being deceived to divide and destroy. They cannot yield to the love of God because it's not in them. We have to reach them. We have a message that we got to get out there so that we can get that love shed abroad in their heart so that ultimately they can start to see things like we see, understand things like we understand. Now we become unified in spirit like God wants us to do. And when we become unified in spirit, come on, the Holy Spirit is then the only thing allowed to manifest in our presence, not the devil through strife. This is very, 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 very important. Glory to God. Then once you, we get unified together, there's nothing we can't do. Nothing we can't do. Glory to God. Woo! It brings us to that place of unity because all that happens because their nature changes in salvation. And the very nature of God comes on the inside of them. Amen. Very important. Let me read on here. And I'll close with reading this. It says, for, for there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called, to one glorious hope for the future. 
There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. That's a lot of ones right there. God's very clear. There's one God, there's one Spirit, and there's one church body. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. What about all the denominations? What all? I mean, when people... And this comes up a lot. You know, at first I want to say, really? Denominations, you're bringing all that up? What do they think is going to happen when we get to heaven? You take the elevator up and you walk to the door. Yes, can I see what your card is? Well, I'm a, you're a Pentecost. You're in the south lobby. You go down here. The Baptists are going to be over here. The Catholics will be over there. No, it's heaven. We're one, one, one body. The problem is... Man got involved somewhere along the line and we couldn't get into a place of being unified in the Spirit. So we disagreed on something and now denominations have split and they're still splitting today and they will split until Jesus comes back. But what we have to remember is that that we want to stick with the truth of the Word of God and we want to strive to be like Jesus, love like Jesus, live like Jesus, and be unified in the Spirit with our fellow believers so that we can accomplish what it is God's called us to do. Amen? Glory to God. Verse 7 says, However, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the Scripture says, When He ascended to the heights, He led a crowd of captives, and He gave gifts to His people. Notice that it says He ascended. That clearly means that Christ also descended into our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher in the heavens so that He might fill the entire universe with Himself. Now these are the, the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Listen to this now. Their responsibility is to equip God's people, you guys, to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Ooh, that's what, that's what we're, our job, that's, that's what we're to do. To equip the saints for the ministry, right? Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We're back to that unity again. Unity and mature in the Lord. That's that spiritual growth that we always talk about. Are you growing spiritually? Right? Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. That means when everybody preaches something new on social media, what are you going to stick to? You better stick to the truth of the Word of God that has formed your Bible-formed beliefs that you are responding to life on, right? We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. That's all over the place right now. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. That's a hard one right there, guys. Speak the truth in love. That means that you don't just coddle sin. Right? Sometimes love's got to be tough. Sometimes, and I tell you, there's nobody that does this better than Stephen. He has such a gracious spirit. He can be hard-nosed and, and just tell somebody like it is. And it's, if they come out of my mouth that way, it would just be so harsh and so mean. But he does it in such a loving way. Right? The man's a, he's a gifted minister. Very, very powerful. Right? Truth and love. It means you don't call it. Hold on to that sin. I can't get off of that. Because see, the mindset of today's society is that we just, we just coddle people along in their sin where they are because we don't want to offend them. We don't want to 
draw attention to what they're doing wrong. So I guess we just want to sit there and watch them die. But see, that's not right. We're supposed to, to, to speak the truth in love. We're supposed to have compassion just like Jesus did. And we're supposed to lay a hand out and pull them out of that. Because we have the answer. Right? They may not want to hear it at first. They may say some very bad things to you at first, but you're planting seeds. And you've got to be bold and willing to do that. Amen? Because you don't let people just lie there and just watch them die and go to hell. I mean, we oh, glory to God. Growing in every way more to be like Christ, who is the head of His body. The church, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does His own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, verse 20. But that isn't what you learned from Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus, you have learned the truth comes from Him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. God, that's, that's putting this flesh off and putting on your new, the new spirit man. You have to do that. You have to be the one to do that. Amen. You have to do that. And listen to me. Don't get in the habit of yielding to strife and giving giving the devil place in any affairs in your life. Amen. Don't do it. God wants the church unified. It's time for the church to get unified. It's time for Christians to get unified. We have a big task. We have a big test. And, and we need, we need, there needs to be some reconciliation on this earth. We need people to get reconciled with God so that we can get reconciled together, so that we can all come together and continue to move forward with this thing that's called advancing the kingdom of God, advancing the gospel to the lost and hurting world. Amen. And none of that's going to happen until we master learning how to walk in love. Amen. Let's pray.